0: This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple.
1: Hey everybody, we are back. The Two Fish Podcast, where we go through the Bible and we just try to keep things simple. That is our goal on this show. Uh, this week, we'll actually be focusing on James chapter 1, 19 through 19-27.
0: Yeah, last week we went through the first part of the chapter, verse 1 through 18, and man, it was really good. It was. Like, James is a very practical book we talked last week. So go back and listen to that episode if you missed it um, so that you're caught up with us. But yeah, James is extremely practical. And this next section, man, is verses for me. Like, James was like, in the future there's going to be this guy, his name's Nick Burt, and he needs to hear this. 'Cause it's super convicting. It's something I should have tattooed <laughs> on my arm or something so that I can see it every day.
1: Yeah, it, it's very applicable. It definitely applies to our daily walk and, and as we're gonna read this, like it, it applies to our trials as we talked about last week, but it can apply to so much so much more than that. At least that's the way we feel. Yeah. And that's part of where Nick's saying, Man, I need this tattooed on my arms as a daily reminder. Do you have a daily reminder, Verse? Uh no. No. Like Do you? Not? On your mirror? I have a reminder every day on my phone.
0: My wife has stuff plastered here and there, but I I probably read it the first time I see it. I'm like, what is that sticky note up there for? And then I just gloss over it. Yeah. Uh, My phone would probably be good, like if I got a text message or something. Yeah, I
1: get a daily reminder on mine.
0: It's the same thing every day?
1: Same thing every day. Oh, nice. It's basically, I I will praise Jesus and sing his praises. I forget what the actual verse is, because I put it on my phone three years ago.
0: Really? Yeah. And every day you still get it? Every day I still get it. That's cool. Hey, if you're listening, go do that. Yeah, maybe you need this one on I, your phone. Maybe I will. You'll have to show me how to set that up. I don't know if I could take it for three years, though. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. All right, so let's start in James, verse 19. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you know we'll read the whole section that we're going to go through, and then we'll go back and kind of break it one or two verses at a time. And here we go. James 1,
1: and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted
0: by the world. So let's start verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Again, we're a Christian Bible study made simple. Let's just make, keep that simple for a second. Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. The old saying, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Yeah. So you need to listen up twice as much, well, however that saying goes. I feel like I see this applied in everyday life within conflict. That's where I go with, with this verse first and foremost. So maybe it's conflict with your wife or with your kids or with anyone, a coworker. How many times are we... Do we stop listening and be quick to speak and yell back or get angry and that doesn't do anything to help the situation
1: right it, uh, typically it makes it worse right so in, in those conflicts if we if we would take a step back and just listen and not say anything like don't even don't even speak until you've fully absorbed what is being said and then in conflicts we have the temptation to butt in. I'm going to cut you off before you even finish your thought because I'm I'm already angry, right? So I'm not even going to hear everything you have to say because I'm already shut down. I'm angry. I only heard the first four words you said, and I don't care what the – like, your mind just goes blank and you don't even listen to the rest of it, right? And this is telling us to do the exact opposite of that.
0: Yeah, how many times do we – you hear those four words – And maybe you let them continue talking, but you're already calculating in your head. What am I going to say? What am I going to say in response? So you've already stopped listening. I listened to and kind of prep for this or watched a video, Alan Parr, The Beat. He's on YouTube. Go check him out. He's got some really good stuff. But a couple of years ago, he went through this section he 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 basically said the same thing, like you're not listening if you're trying to think about what you want to say to get back at that person or to make sure you're. You're getting ahead in the conversation. You just stop listening. And if you're not getting the perspective of the other person, you might be completely off in the conversation anyway.
1: That reminds me of the Love and Respect book. So it has a lot to do with marriage. And and in the conflict, he calls it your pink hearing aids and your blue hearing aids. Are Are you actually hearing what the other person is trying to tell you? Or are you doing what we're talking about? And you're shutting down initially, and you're not hearing the full context of what they're trying to say. So he calls it. You got in your pink hearing aids, or do you have in your blue hearing aids? So if you have in the, I think it was if you have in the blue ones, like you're not hearing your wife, yeah. not hearing what she has to say. She's not trying to intentionally hurt you, but she has a point as not to cause
0: further conflict. Yeah, I would say if anyone that's out there is married and has not read that book yet, you need to go get that book and read it. You had said something like I don't know a year ago to me about it. And then I just came across, someone else said something about it. And I'm like, that's the book you're talking about. I'm going to go read that. And by read, of course, I mean listen to on Audible, but super good book. Yeah. Absolutely an incredible book. As- also for non-married people with the intent of being married. Oh, that no, that's a good point. I think maybe that should be a book read in all pre-counseling.
1: For all the pastors out there listening, go ahead and have your married people check out
0: that book. Yeah. Love and respect. It's super good. So quick to hear, so we need to listen to everything that's being said. We need to be slow to speak. Keeping it simple again, our words can never be pulled back. Once you've said them, they're there, and we can say a lot of hurtful things, especially in anger. When you're in a conflict with your wife, and you are not slow to speak, to say the right, you making sure you're saying exactly what you want to say, and not just shooting off at the mouth. I would say, if I was to give you my testimony anger would be a huge part of my testimony. And maybe one day we'll do that. But how many times I've said something that I shouldn't have said, and I didn't mean but I said it because A, I wasn't listening. And B, I was angry. And I just shot off of the mouth. You can't bring that stuff back. That can be a super hateful word that you maybe didn't mean, but you just wanted to get ahead in the conversation, get ahead in the argument, get ahead and be on top. when really, that doesn't help anyone because, again, like you said, you made it worse.
1: Then, the, obviously, the last part of that is slow to become angry. Which I mean, you've, you've covered both of those. Slow to speak and, I think, even slower to become angry, which yeah. none of that's easy to do.
0: It's almost like we do this completely opposite yeah. most of the time in our lives. We hear something, we get angry. Before we really even heard it, we're not slow to speak. And then, after the whole thing's blown up, maybe two days later – when you're trying to resolve the problem, then you listen and understand, man, this was stupid.
1: Or you feel really convicted about what you did. Yeah. And then you have to go apologize, ask for forgiveness. And where if you would have just slowed things down, let person finish what they're trying to say, maybe even say, is this what you're, is this what you're trying to tell me? Am I hearing you correctly? Maybe that should be a good response. If you're getting upset, am I hearing what you're trying to tell me correctly? Cause nine times out of 10, I feel like in with my wife and I, I think one of, out of that book, one of the things was, do you need me to listen or do you need me to fix this? Mm. And often I have to ask my wife, what do you need from me? Do you need me to, to listen in this scenario? Or do you want me to give advice? Usually it's like, I want you to listen.
0: Yeah. Now here I thought I was the only one that assumed that every time my wife told me something, she wanted me to fix it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's our, our role as a guy. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Fix it immediately.
0: Why are, <laughs> why are you complaining about this? It's easy. Do this, this, and this, and you're done.
1: Right. <laughs> but instead, we need to be slow to speak and slow to anger.
0: Yeah. Verse 20, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And right there it says the reason we need to do those things in that order is because when we're angry... And when it's not a righteous anger, Jesus got angry. He went into the church where they were selling sacrifices, and that ticked him off. This was his house, and they were making a mockery of it by trading and gambling and selling animals for sacrifices. He went in there and started flipping tables. Don't tell me he wasn't angry about it, but he had a righteous anger, a just anger, an anger that wasn't out of hate or out of temptation to do wrong. So anger, anger is not a bad thing necessarily. We just need to make sure it's done in the right way. And here he's saying anger done in the wrong way. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I think especially when we do this out in public maybe, and when people see us oh, as you're, Christians. You're not being the light. You're not showing the light of God. You're just like everyone else. How many times have I been there? I can't count. Where something's frustrating's happened and I've shot off at the mouth or have gone and kicked a bucket, or whatever it is, or maybe not see me do it, but later said, and Christians are just the same. They're the most hypocritical people. Well, sometimes we are, because we're not. We're
1: not doing what the Bible tells us. Verse 21, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you.
0: Mm, that's totally different than what mine says. Ooh. NIV. You're NIV. I'm ESV. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Interesting. I don't know which one of those i like better.
1: I like certain parts of yours better and certain parts of mine better.
0: That's what's nice. But they're both
1: saying the same thing, right? Yeah, of course. We got to get rid of our moral filth and, and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accepted. If you go back to the, the earlier verses, this process of, of anger is accepted. We accept that in our lives. We're like, ah, I had a right to be angry, yeah. right? I had a right to shout out at the mouth. Look at social media these days.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Look at the comments people are willing to throw out there that and I've been guilty of this. I'm I'm a Christian. I throw out some garbage comment on somebody's page. I'm like, why did I do that? But it's, it's accepted morally in our society right now, to just completely come against people and bash them, even if you don't know.
0: Yeah, well, online it's super easy, because no one's there to punch you in the face if you say something you shouldn't. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just super easy to just throw off some stupid comment, but tends to be filthiness in the eyes of God, since tends to be can be this total wickedness, like it's saying, and but what we need to do is receive the implanted word. What does your say there instead of implanted word? And
1: and humbly accept the word planted in you.
0: So the word, as we're dealing with this in context here, James one is talking all about testing your faith and being going through trials. and And we talked last week about you need to lean on God. You need to look for God for an answer through God's word. Here, obviously, back then they didn't have the Bible, which I think we take this for granted. Yeah, that we can so easily, okay, what is God, what is, what's God's word? And we can go through and read God's word and what he wants to say to us. And this is really how he speaks to us is through his word. But back then they didn't have this. Right. So they would have had to. And I think in context, we could also say, let every person be quick to hear. I think they could have been saying, be quick to hear. I heard a message on this by the guy that does verse by verse. He's saying they would have had to go and listen to the word. That was written down on scrolls they wouldn't have it so he's saying be quick to hear god's word slow to speak in your trials and slow to get angry because of your trials and so there's another way to look at that and so with humbleness accept the word that we're hearing or that we're reading which is able to save our souls and then in the trials and in the situations that we're going through keeps us from becoming unrighteously angry
1: and the word is planted in us. Like, God wrote this on our heart. He gave us the Holy Spirit. It's, it's in us. Sometimes we need to go back and refresh ourselves and, and physically read it or physically hear it. Right. Yep. Either or, which we have the beauty of doing both now. Mm-hmm. And if you are going through a trial and temptation, we even have the beauty of just typing in a few key words into our phone in a Bible app or even in Google. And, and we can go and look these up instead of getting angry right away. We have more of ability to research it and figure out what's what's God really trying to do with me through this trial and and this temptation.
0: I think that's one of those things we've talked about is God's, with his new covenant, it's even harder for us. It's not just murder. If you murder someone, it's like murder if you get angry at them. Or it's not just lust if you... Adultery, it's lust if you look at a woman or a man lustfully. Yep. Like it's the same thing, he's calling us to a higher standard. It's a lot higher because we have God's word in our hand. They didn't, right. so We're exe- expected to be held to a higher standard there. And what you're saying though, the implanted word made me think of one of my favorite Bible verses growing up Psalms 119 11. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Having that word implanted in you, maybe you don't have it memorized. But it's there so that when you become angry, you know, you're starting to feel that anger, whether it's righteous or not, you can go back and remember, man, I, I read something or I heard something on that. Yeah. I need to go up and look look it up. That's,
1: that's really good. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so
0: deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I think this is pretty self-explanatory. It's one of those verses, again, that you could tattoo on your arm. What it's saying is don't just hear the word. Don't just read the word. Don't just listen to sermons, which is how, how many times often we do. You run into church, you listen, and you leave, and that's it. I don't know how many times driving on the way home, I'm like, I have no idea what the preacher taught today. I must have just been in yeah. la-la land.
1: You didn't listen.
0: I didn't listen. But when you do listen and you do hear it, you not don't need to just listen and just hear it need to do what it says, which I like the way yours said it. It was almost like a command. Don't just be here. Do what it says. And I think that's a call to action. Sometimes we don't like calls to action. But don't just listen to, I mean, by no means take this as like the Bible, but don't just listen to the Two Fish podcast. Hear all this good stuff that we're trying to talk about. Read the Bible with us. Don't just do that. You need to apply these principles that we talk about and that the Bible has. You need to apply them to your life. And how many times do we not do that? If
1: you're in one of those trials and it's temptation, you're looking for a way out of it. Typically, I mean, a trial is a is a point where you're probably struggling. But if you come to this verse 22 and you've been listening on Sunday, you've you've heard these things, but you're you're not doing what it says. You're gonna be stuck in that trial until you figure out I need to do what God's telling me to do instead of just. Uh, I heard that uh, I should probably do this. And then you go and you don't do anything with it.
0: Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. And then verse 24, for he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he looks like. What James is saying is, it's like someone, it's like you going into the mirror, looking at yourself, looking, man, my hair looks nice today. I did it real nice today. And then walking away. And then five minutes later saying, did I do my hair? It's like you don't even remember because you weren't, maybe you weren't really paying attention. Like I said earlier, you were in La La Land sitting there in church and you didn't hear and you didn't take in what this, what the word had for you and you didn't apply it to your life.
1: Right. I read something on this and it was take the time to examine yourself, mm. take the time to look deeply into the situation. Don't just walk up to the mirror, look at yourself, and walk away. Okay. So slow down, like it tells us at the beginning of this, and actually examine yourself. So look at the situation or the trial you're in or the conflict you just got into with your wife. Yeah. Take a moment and examine the situation and what's going on, and then respond to it.
0: I like that too. Yeah. That's what's awesome about doing these little Bible studies with another person is you get a different perspective of what is going on, and you can digest both. I like what you're saying there. He looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he looks like. We need to go and examine and make sure we know what we look like. Yeah. We need to listen to the word and make sure we know within our trial, maybe that we got an answer to a problem that we're going through in a trial. Well, don't just forget it. Keep it. Hold on to it because you might go through that, something similar later. Yeah, And you need to hold on to these, not just be a hearer, but a doer where you hold on to these principles and then you have them in your arsenal, in your Batman utility belt, like we talked about in way back when we talked about the armor of God. And then you'll have them for later.
1: That's really good. And I think it, it might fit into verse 25 as well. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So if you're, if you're taking the time intently looking into these situations and, and seeking God in them and listening to what he has to say and you're going and doing what he has to say, you're going to be blessed in whatever you do.
0: That's good. What more could you ask for? Nothing.
1: <laughs> so simple, right?
0: Yeah, so simple, so easy. Don't be a hearer. Go be a doer. No, you got to do both. You got to do both. Verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Oh, my goodness. Ouch. This is what we were talking about earlier, doing something stupid in public. Christians are some of the most hypocritical people because they preach what you're supposed to do, but then they go out and don't do it. If anyone thinks he is a religious person, so a Christ follower and does not bridle his tongue. Kind of like what we were talking about online. Just shooting your mouth off online in the comment section, just being a troublemaker, or in everyday life, get cut off on the road while you're driving. What's your first response? Oh, Mine is to get upset. You, you idiot. Yeah. Like. And I have to hear my wife say, there's kids in the car. <laughs> but especially for, like we said earlier, we need to be held to a higher standard as Christ followers because if you think you're religious... You're, setting your, you're already putting yourself on a, st- on a higher standard as a Christ follower than the rest of the world, but you don't hold your tongue, you deceive your heart, and this person's religion is worthless. So you might, need, you might as well not even be a Christ follower. Verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So like we said earlier, holding each other as Christians, we need to be held to a higher standard because we're Christ followers. So we're calling ourselves a religious, quote-unquote, but then we go out and just do the same stuff everyone else is doing. We're getting angry at the driver that cuts us off. How many times a week? Call the guy an idiot with a kid sitting in the backseat. They're seeing that. They're hearing that. They're going to be driving soon, and they're going to call the guy. You know what I mean? We need to make sure that we're doing things, bridling our tongue, making sure that we're holding our tongue, making sure, like we said before, we're slow to speak. I would
1: say not only slow to speak, but choose our words wisely as well Okay, in those situations. So the guy cuts you off instead of yelling out, you idiot or whatever, just don't say anything, right? Yeah. Choose choose your words wisely in these trials and these temptations because if society is looking at you as a religious person, you are a Christ follower, and you're out there yelling and carrying on a a storm at the baseball game because the umpire called it a, strike when it was three feet out of the out of the strike zone and you're the one behind the plate this yelling at the umpire ranting and raving and kicking dirt and society looks at looks to you as this religious person and this christ follower and they're like man i thought i thought they were
0: different you would you did all that and then you jumped in your vehicle with a two fish podcast sticker on the back well that's not very christ-like
1: or or a cross hanging from your rear view mirror right it's not very Christ-like. It's not. Instead, you should be the one that's leading the. Hey, you know what? That umpire, he wasn't the best. He's probably not getting paid much. He might even be a volunteer guy. So what? We lost the game, but did we? Did our kids still have fun? Did we still enjoy the game? Did we come together as a community? Like, did any of that happen, or is it all focused on the umpire and you ranting and raving and causing a uh, causing the situation to be worse than what it? what it was to begin with
0: verse 26 there says this person religion is worthless You might as well not even call yourself christian because you're not acting like a christ follower now luckily we all make mistakes you're going to make a mistake this week we will all make mistakes but we're held to a higher standard as christians and we need to be not just hearers but also doers of the word verse 27 religion that is pure and undefiled before god the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world.
1: So that's that's telling us what? Not to let worldly views pollute our minds, to not let Facebook pollute our minds, to let the word pollute our minds and to help those in need. And and orphans and widows are, are definitely in need.
0: Yeah, back in the day that James was writing this, orphans and widows would have been like the lowest of low in society. That's what James is basically saying. I mean, you can insert anything in there instead of orphans and widows, in my opinion, but just taking care of the people that are in need. Maybe you're not that person that's in need and you have abundance or you have time to take care of people's needs. Reach out and take care of people's needs. And like you said, not being polluted by the world, by Facebook, by all that stuff. Be set apart. Yeah, people should know that you're a Christ follower. They shouldn't have to. Oh, you go to church? What a what a slap in the face! That should be a slap in the face. Oh, I didn't know you went to church, man. If you didn't know that, I'm obviously not living. I'm not a doer of the word. I'm only a hearer. That's pretty convicting, is it? Yeah, this whole chapter is convicting for me. Uh, yeah, if somebody. Do they know you're a follower of
1: Christ? Do they do they know without being in your church? Yeah. So a non-church member in your immediate circle, do they know you're a Christ follower by your actions, by the words you speak, by the things you share
0: with them? I think, or or would they have no clue? Yeah, I think that's the difference between being a doer and a hearer. If you hear it and apply those things to your life, people should see that and they should know, oh man, there's something different about that guy.
1: Right, and I think, I think we talked about that in our episode um, uh, Christian versus Christ follower yes. right this is this is the the meat of that is the the doing so i'm not only just reading my bible and what christ did and the stories and but i'm applying those concepts to my life and i'm trying to follow his advice and follow what he actually wrote in the bible so this tells us be quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry intently look into the situation. So I would say, listen to the entire situation, intently look at it and then speak and just avoid anger the best you can.
0: Yeah, I think that's a verse 19 and 20 for sure should be memorized verses because I think that can apply every, almost every day in our lives in some way or another. And I think another takeaway we can have in this last section here is being a doer, not just a hearer applying those principles to our lives. People should know that we're different, that we're unstained from the world, that we're not polluted by the world. They should know, hey, something's different there. And I think those are two huge takeaways of this last section of James.
1: I think this is going to be something I'm going to try and focus on for the rest of 2021. To be different, to look different, to not let what's going on in our society affect the way I live, but to be a doer of the word.
0: So James chapter one, overall tests of your faith. You're going through trials. As you go through those trials, be slow to be angry, quick to hear, and apply those principles to your life. That way everyone knows that your religion isn't fake, that your religion is real, that you are a Christ follower. What an amazing chapter that James wrote for us and how maybe not easily applied it is, but how applicable it actually is. Yes. So there you go. That wraps up James, Chapter 1.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you go out and join the Two Fish community on Facebook and Instagram. Also, hit those subscribe and follow buttons so you don't miss next week's episode of the Two Fish podcast.